Dear church family, this morning our call to worship comes from Psalm 25, verses 4 through 6. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. We will now turn in the scriptures to the second book of Samuel, chapter 9. Second book of Samuel, chapter 9. Let's hear God's word. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldst look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to his house. Thou, therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread alway at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table, as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son, whose name was Micah. 
And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. And so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did continue, eat continually at the king's table, and was lame on both his feet. So far the reading of God's holy and beautiful word. Dear church family, one wonders when th- what was going on in Mephibosheth's mind as he traveled from Lodabar to Jerusalem. How many different scenarios went through his mind on that trip? Maybe he focused on who he was. An orphan, grandson of the former king, associated by association an enemy of the king. He was lame, helpless, and hopeless. He was from Lodabar, a place without resources, dry and barren. He was a nobody. Why why was he, of all people, being brought to Jerusalem? Or maybe he focused on the potential results. What was going to be the end of this trip? He knew, he must have known that death was a real possibility for someone of his status the grandson of the king, of the former dynasty. And would a crippled person be allowed into the presence of the king? He had nothing to give. Certainly death was inevitable. Or maybe he... Maybe he was reflecting on the events of the, of the past day or two days or what, whatever time frame it may have been. At home in Lodabar, and all of a sudden there's people, people from Jerusalem who had come and taken him and fetched him and brought him to Jerusalem. Him, of all people, being brought to Jerusalem. Who was this king? What was he really like? Why would he take notice of me? And maybe you're here this morning, and you've wondered and thought along the lines of Mephibosheth at various points throughout this week. How has this week of preparation been for you? Has it been a week of sweet communion, looking at the Savior, considering who he is and what he's done for one like you? Or maybe you've been like Mephibosheth, and you've been reflecting on who you are, by nature an enemy, helpless, by nature lost and without resources. 
And yet you have to acknowledge that you've been drawn by the king from your place of Lodabar. You've been, you've been called out. Maybe, you, maybe it's been a week where you've, you've struggled. There's been so, so much inner turmoil, so much struggle with the evil one tempting you, challenging you. And yet, you know you can't stay away. Or maybe you are just standing in awe of who the Lord is. As you reflect on the greater David and what he's done for you. In light of who you are. He's the one who has sent for you. He's the one who's brought you out into his very presence. Friend, whatever your week has been this past week, whether it's been a, a week of looking forward with anticipation to the celebration of the Supper of our Lord, or whether it's been one of struggle and strife, one thing remains certain and true. The greater David, the king, the king of kings, still desires to meet with his people this morning. Because because they are ones that he's purchased with his own blood. They are ones that he has prepared this table for. He has said in the Gospels, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. And today he says once more, this do in remembrance of me. Jesus, as the greater David, longs to see his Mephibosheth at the table. He longs to see them eating at his table. And he continues to demonstrate to his his Mephibosheth that he's not only willing to search you out, to find you and to bring you into his presence, but he is willing to restore you completely and to, and to dine with you because he suffered and died for you. Even as we remember, as we reflect on the elements of the supper. It is this reality that we want to once more consider from Second Samuel chapter 9. Verse 7 is going to be our focal point, and I'd like to read that with you right now. And David said unto him, that's to Mephibosheth, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat at my table continually. Last week we, last week we left this passage with David having desired to show kindness to one from the house of Saul on account of his covenant loyalty to his friend Jonathan. We saw him put this desire into action as he first sought out then sent for and brought back Mephibosheth. 
We consider the reality that what David did was absolutely astonishing. Mephibosheth was an enemy, an orphaned enemy of the throne, a lame, lame, helpless, from a place of no resources. Mephibosheth was a, a nobody. And yet David's surprising display of covenant loyalty and kindness of mercy, grace, long-suffering that he, that he showed to Mephibosheth was not yet complete. No, he not only reached down into the life of Mephibosheth and, as it were, plucked him out of that miry clay that Mephibosheth was in, but he brought him back into Jerusalem so that he would be in the very presence of David, in the presence of the king. So that David, as, as the king, could bestow covenant blessings on, on his Mephibosheth, on his friend's son. And so too our Lord Jesus. He not only draws sinners out of their darkness, out of their sin, out of their misery, but he brings them back into his presence so that they will commune with him, so that he in turn, will continue to bestow covenant blessings on, on his people. Covenant blessings that are richly portrayed for us in the supper of our Lord. And so we, we hope to see once more the surprising display of the king's kindness towards sinners. And the fact that he gives personal protection to them and guarantees plentiful provision, and then grants them a most privileged position in his presence. No doubt there was a a sense of fear and trepidation as Mephibosheth entered into Jerusalem into the presence of the king. And as he came into David's presence, we're we're told in verse 6 that he fell on his face and did reverence. He did obeisance before David the king. He was not worthy to be there. And he knew it. He knew that he deserved death. And yet here he was. In the presence of the king. And all he can do is humbly bow himself down before the king. And dear, dear child of God. Isn't this true for you and I? When the Lord began working in your heart and your life, whether it was in your youth or dramatically later on in life, is it not true that you are not worthy of it? And maybe maybe you asked yourself, maybe out loud before others, why me, Lord? I'm not worthy to be taken notice of. And yet you know he has. And all you can do is bow down and worship the king. Whatever Mephibosheth was expecting as he came came before the king, we're not sure. What he expected David to say to him, we don't know. Did he even think of the possibility that there could be compassion shown towards him, kindness, covenant mercy. Was that even possible for one like him? 
But it was this very demonstration of kindness that just flowed, showered over Mephibosheth. The first word that we read of in the scriptures that David spoke to Mephibosheth was his name. Mephibosheth. No doubt it was with tenderness and compassion and kindness that David uttered this name to him. Mephibosheth. Maybe like a parent who knows that his child has done something that has caused deep pain and hurt to the parent. And yet the parent, out of love and compassion, in love says to them, speaks their name, Mephibosheth. Think of Mary, as she was in the garden after Jesus had, had been buried, had rose again, and, and Mary's going about the garden searching for, for the body. And she's asking, and she comes to Jesus, thinking he, him to be the gardener, and says, where have you laid him? You remember what Jesus said to her? Mary. Mary. And she bowed down before him. Rabbi. And David said, Mephibosheth. In this, David expresses his love for Mephibosheth, his tender kindness, his compassion. It's as if David says to Mephibosheth, I know all about you. I know what you've been through. I know who you are. I know that you fear But I know, I know who you are. But I also know the covenant that I made with your father. Friends, David knew Mephibosheth's name and he spoke it with tenderness and kindness to his beloved one. And friend, does David or does the greater David know your name? Has he said to you, Mephibosheth. Has he found you? Found you in your sin and misery and called you in kindness and mercy, Mephibosheth. And friend, what is your response being? Have you with Mephibosheth before the king fell down and worshipped and said, Behold your servant. David, I am only a worthy to be a servant. I am but a dead dog in your sight. And here Mephibosheth lays prostrate before David, unworthy of the least of the blessings that are going to come his way. But nonetheless, these blessings come. David, knowing the great fear of his servant, as it were, reaches down beside him and, as it were, gets down on his level and assures him of three blessings. The blessings of protection, of provision, and of an undeserved position. David said, David said, notice not the king's servant said, is not the king said, it's David said. Personally, as it were, David comes and lowers himself beside Mephibosheth and says, I, David, am speaking to you. 
I am the one who will care for you. I am the one who will protect you. And so Jesus, the greater David, comes alongside his people time and time again, as it were, beside them, wraps his arms around them and says, I am, I am Jesus. I am the one who is willing to care for you and protect you. I'm the one who called you out of sin and misery. Isn't this what Jesus did on so many occasions as, as, as he ministered on earth? Think of that woman that the, that the Pharisees brought to Jesus in the midst of her sin and misery, hoping to receive Jesus' condemnation on her for her sin. And Jesus gets down, stoops down, and writes in the ground, and one by one, the accusers leave. And Jesus says, where are thine accusers? They had left. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Or think of the, the weary disciples on that storm, on that boat in the midst of the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus comes walking upon the water and towards the boat and says, It is I. Be not afraid. It is Jesus. It is Jesus, the greater David, who says to, to his Mephibosheth today, Do this in remembrance of me. Do not fear. Fear not. Mephibosheth, the helpless enemy of the king who had nothing to bring, is told, do not fear. And so, dear child of God, the Lord comes to you this morning, one who is by nature dead in trespasses and sins, one, ones who are by nature helpless, ones who are by nature enemies of the King of Kings. And, and he says to his people, do not fear. And maybe, maybe there's one among us who says, how can that be? Why is that possible? How is that possible? Well, friend, consider the one who is speaking these words of do not fear. The greater David, the kind and tender one, the compassionate one. The one who is gentle and lowly. The one who is the king of kings, the great prophet, our only high priest. Consider, consider what he has done for such a person like yourself. He gave himself for enemies. In due time, he's, the, the Apostle Paul says he died for the ungodly. He suffered immensely. He went the way of the cross. As we heard a couple of weeks ago, he had his beauty disfigured as he bore the wrath of Almighty God against the sins of his people. And friends, he did this for sinners like you. Dear, tender, unsure one, as you look at yourself, yes, you have every right to fear, but as you consider the greater David, You don't have a reason to fear when you're in him. He says to those that he brings into his house, fear not.
Fear not. You are welcome to come and dine with me. Because I will show you kindness. As trembling trembling Mephibosheth lies prostrate before David, he hears the king say to him, Friend, you do not have to fear. Because I am going to show you kindness. Covenant loyalty. Covenant mercies. Undeserved grace and compassion. And friend, it had nothing to do with who you were or are. But it has everything to do with who he is. It has everything to do with what he has accomplished for sinners. Mephibosheth, despite who he was, was now under the protection and care of the king. And the children of God, children of God, despite who you are, he continues to say, I will surely show thee kindness. He continues to promise his covenant mercy, his gracious kindness, his tenderness, his compassion, his long suffering for a person, a sinner like yourself. And Jesus, as the great shepherd, of his sheep continues to, to seek out and to find. He continues to call out his pe- to his people, fear not, because he is still the one who, who desires to show love and mercy on sinners. He's still the one who comes to helpless and weak ones and carries them back into the fold to be under his care and protection. He says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus not only brings his sheep into the fold, but he keeps them safe with his care and his protection. Because of his covenant kindness and mercy. He cares for. He cares for his weak ones. Because he went to the cross. He has fulfilled what he said he would do for sinners like us. So he not only brings his, his beloved out of Lodabar but he brings them into Jerusalem, into his very presence. And he continues to care for them. And maybe you ask, well, how does he do that? How, how does the Lord continue to care for his, his little ones, his Mephibosheths that come into his presence? Well, it's through his promise of bountiful provision. And it's through the declaration of their privileged position. But these two thoughts we're going to consider at the table of, of our Lord as we uh, commune with him. We'll now turn to the, administ- the form for the administration of Lord's Supper. You can find on page 137. Last week we read the first part of the form, and so we will be picking up on the top of the second column on page 137.
Let us now also consider to what end the Lord hath instituted his supper, namely that we do it in remembrance of him. Now after this manner are we to remember him by it. First, that we are confidently persuaded in our hearts that our Lord Jesus, according to the promises made to our forefathers in the Old Testament, was sent of the Father into the world, that he assumed our flesh and blood, that he bore for us the wrath of God, under which we should have perished everlastingly, from the beginning of his incarnation to the end of his life upon earth, and that he, he hath fulfilled for us all obedience to the divine law and righteousness, especially when the weight of our sins and the wrath of God pressed out of him the bloody sweat in the garden, where he was bound that we might be freed from our sins. That he afterwards suffered innumerable reproaches, that we might never be confounded. That he was innocently condemned to death, that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. Yea, that he has suffered his blessed body to be nailed on the cross, that he might fix thereon the handwriting of our sins, and hath also taken upon himself the curse due to us, that he might fulfill us with his blessings, and hath humbled himself unto the deepest reproach and pains of hell, both in body and soul, on the tree of the cross when he cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken of him. And finally, confirmed with his death and shedding of his blood, the new and eternal testament, that that covenant of grace and reconciliation when he said, it is finished. Secondly, that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace. The Lord Jesus Christ in his last supper took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in like manner, also after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. That is, as often as ye eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you shall shall thereby, as a sure remembrance and pledge, be admonished and assured of this, my hearty love and faithfulness towards you, that whereas you should otherwise have suffered eternal death, I have given my body to the death of the cross and shed my blood for you. And as certainly feed and nourish your hungry and thirsty souls with my crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life. As this bread is broken before your eyes and this cup is given to you and you eat and drink the same with, with your mouth in remembrance of me from this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord, 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross. As to the only ground and foundation of our salvation, wherein he has become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true meat and drink of eternal life. For by his death, he hath taken away the cause of our eternal death and misery, namely sin, and obtained for us the quickening spirit that we by the same who dwells in Christ as in the head and in us as his members might have true communion with him and be made partakers of his blessings of life eternal, righteousness, and glory. And besides, that we by this same Spirit may also be united as members of one body, in true brotherly love, as the Holy Apostle saith, For we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread, For as out of many grains one meal is ground, and one bread baked, and out of many berries being pressed together one wine floweth, and mixes itself together, so shall we all, who by true faith are engrafted into Christ, being altogether one body, through brotherly love, for Christ's sake, our beloved Savior, who hath so exceedingly loved us, And not only show this in word, but also in very deed towards one another. Here to assist us, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit. Amen. That we may obtain all this, let us humble ourselves before God with true faith and implore his grace. O merciful God and Father, we beseech thee that thou wilt be pleased in this supper, in which we celebrate the glorious remembrance of the bitter death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, that we, that we may daily, more and more, with true confidence, give ourselves up unto thy Son, Jesus Christ, that our afflicted and contrite hearts, through the power of the Holy Ghost, may, may be fed and comforted with his true body and blood. Yea, with him, true God and man, that only heavenly bread, and that we may no longer live in our sins, but he in us and we in him, and thus truly be made partakers of the new and everlasting covenant of grace, that we may not doubt but thou, but thou wilt forever be our gracious Father, never imputing our sins unto us, and providing us with all things necessary as well for the body as the soul, as thy beloved children and heirs. Grant us also thy grace, that we may take up our cross cheerfully, that we may deny ourselves, confess our Savior, and in all tribulations, with uplifted heads, expect our Lord Jesus from heaven, where he will make our mortal bodies like unto his most glorious body, and take us unto him in eternity. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Strengthen us also by this holy supper in the Catholic undoubted Christian faith, whereof we make confession with our mouths and hearts, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That we may now be that we may be now fed with the true heavenly bread, Christ Jesus. Let us not cleave with our hearts unto the external bread and wine, but lift them up on high in heaven, where Christ Jesus is our advocate at the right hand of his heavenly Father. Whither all the articles of our faith lead us, not doubting, but we shall as certainly be fed and refreshed in our souls through the work of the Holy Ghost with his body and blood as we receive the holy bread and wine in remembrance of him. David said to Mephibosheth, Fear not, I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. I will restore all the land of Saul, and you shall eat continually at my table. The greater David, friends, has once more prepared a table that comes from the riches of his grace and mercy. For ones who have seen themselves as empty and lost from Lodabar, the ones who have been sent for and brought into his presence. And he calls you to come and dine with him today. At this time, we will open this table and we'll give opportunity, particularly for those who need some extra time to get to the table. But all things are ready. Come. The table has been prepared by the greater David. And he says, come and dine. Have you seen yourself as one who is from Lodabar, but has been sent for by the king to come into the present, his presence, fetched for and brought in? We will close this table. Let's come to our 
faithful Father. Gracious King of Kings, our greater David, Lord, as the host of this table, may thy dear people be fed and nourished and strengthened. May they, as they receive the elements of bread and wine, lift up their hearts and minds to focus on the hosts, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May they see that thou art the one who has broken, had his body broken, or the one who shed thine own blood so that we could be washed and cleansed and brought into thy presence. So, Lord, feed us, strengthen us, and nourish us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The bread which we the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. This, this broken bread signifies his body broken for you. Jesus says, This is my body, which is broken for you. Certainly, as you see the, the bread broken in front of you, so, so surely Jesus had his body broken for you. This is my body broken for you. This is my body broken for you, our Savior said. As certainly as you see the bread broken, so certainly has my body been broken for one like yourself. The bread which we break is the, signifies the body of our Lord Jesus Christ broken for sinners like us. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, friends, and eat. David said to Mephibosheth, I will surely show thee kindness. I will surely show thee kindness. And he did this, friends, our greater David, by coming into this world and having his body broken. And he did this to restore. To restore, David says, I will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. All the lands that belonged to Saul would, would come back into the, into the ownership of, of Mephibosheth. From someone who was a nobody, had absolutely nothing, was now owner. This was something he didn't advocate for. 
but it came from the, the gift of his fatherly hand. But he not only shed his, shed his body for that, but he also poured out his blood. The, <clears throat> the cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. This is my blood, Jesus says, that I shed for you. And as you see this cup being given, as you see the wine being poured out, and the cup being given to you, know as, as surely as you see it with your eyes that Je- Jesus shed his blood for you. He shed it for the remission of sins. This is my blood shed for the remission of sins. This is the blood of the New Testament. And Jesus willingly went to the cross for to shed so that sinners like you and I, people from Lodabar, can come into the presence of the King. Just as you see this wine being brought around and poured out and given to you, be as certainly sure that Jesus shed his blood for the remission and the forgiveness of all your sins. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Drink ye all of it. <clears throat> As David brought Mephibosheth into, the, into his very presence, he said that he would restore to, to Mephibosheth all the land of, of Saul. And friends, it's no different with sinners like you or I. As we come into the presence of the greater David, he promises full restoration. By nature, we've thrown everything away. As we've gone our own way and done our own thing and lived the life that we, by nature, wanted to live. But by means of his shedding his blood, breaking his body, he restores, he restores to his people, everything that you and I will need for this life and the life to come. He restores and equips with daily provision. With David or with, with the psalmist, he becomes our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, David says. I will not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and beside still waters. He leads me. He restores my soul. The greater David, the one who has brought us out of desolation, out of Lodobar, out of that place of desolation and fruitlessness, brings us into a place of plenty. He has restored us. He has brought us from death and given us life. 
He's brought us from a place of no access into the presence of the king, into his presence so that we have full access. He has brought us from being ones who are at enmity to now friends with him. He has restored the image that we have lost in our fall. From from being ones who had the wrath of God abiding on us, we now have his favor, his mercy. He restores us into a relationship with him, our heavenly father. One that we can go to moment by moment, day by day, knowing that he will give the good things that we need each day. And friend, to top it all off, he has restored restored us back to himself, to Christ. Christ becomes our all and in all. In showing us kindness, his covenant kindness and mercy, friend, you have Jesus You have everything in him. And he calls you to live for him. To dedicate your whole life for him. To go out and serve him. And to live for him day by day. May you feed. Not on him just today. But may you go home and be in the word. And be strengthened to serve him. The rest of today. Tomorrow, the next day, the week, the month. Until you come again and feed and be refreshed. You have been restored, all things, in Christ Jesus. David said to Mephibosheth, as he came before him, he says, You shall eat at my table. And so Jesus says to his people once more today, you shall come and dine, come and dine, and do this in remembrance of me. And so come, dear ones, and feed at Christ's table. This table is full and we will close it and we'll open another after The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. This bread, the this broken bread signifies the the body of Jesus as he as He suffered and died. Surely as you see the the bread broken, so surely is Jesus' body broken for a sinner, for sinners like us. This is my body, which is broken for you. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Signifies his, his body broken for sinners like us.
just as you see this bread broken, so surely was Jesus' body broken for sinners. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take and eat. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Just as you see the cup being given, so certainly was Jesus' blood shed for the remission of sins. This is my blood shed for the remission of all your sins. This wine signifies the shed blood that Jesus poured out on the cross. Certainly, as you see the wine being given, poured out, so certainly has Jesus, as he hung on that cross, shed his blood for the remission of all your sins. The cup of blessing which you bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Drink ye all of it. David not only promised the restoration of land to Mephibosheth, but he, Mephibosheth was given an open invitation to eat at the king's table continually. Mephibosheth would have opportunity, moment by moment, time after time, to come and dine with the king, to be a recipient of his grace and mercy. And over and over, we're told that Mephibosheth ate at the king's table. And the greater David has expressed this desire for sinners like you and I. Time and again, he comes and he says to ones like you and I, like Mephibosheth, come and dine. Eat and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember this supper, this communal meal that he has given that we share with as the people of God, remembering what he has done, how how he went, not only how he suffered for 33 years, but in particular how he went to the cross, had his body broken as as the whips and the thorns dug into his skin and his back and his head, as the nails were driven home, as the blood poured down his, his body, as his beauty was disfigured. He calls us to remember as we partake of the bread and wine. This is a meal that was purchased by the king, purchased by his suffering and death. 
And he continues moment by moment to prepare a table as we read in Psalm 23. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And thou anointest my head with oil. It's a meal that reminds us of what he has done for sinners like us. But it's also a meal that reminds us of who we were. Who we were prior to us being fetched out. And so it causes us to mourn at the presence of continued sin in our lives. But it's a meal that should elevate our hearts and minds to rejoice for what Christ has done for one like us. It's a meal that equips and strengthens. It's a meal that he then calls us to leave from and go back into the world, into our daily callings, into, into life. He calls us to continue to depend on him, to put off sin, to fight and to flee, resting in his strength. He calls us to be a witness to a watching world. And so friends, as we trust you will be refreshed by this meal, you will also be encouraged to continue on in the presence of the King, living for him, serving him in a hostile world that is by nature opposed to him. Maybe you like Mephibosheth, filled with fear and trembling. Who are you, maybe, you say, to come into the presence of the greater David? And yet you can't deny what he has done for your soul. And so he too calls you to come. Yes, you are one who is empty and hopeless, an enemy of him by nature. But yet you're one you know has been called out. And yet you tremble to come into his presence, to sit at his table. He calls you to come. we got room over on this side still. We have six or seven seats on this side. Yet. Are there others who tremble at the thought of coming into the presence of the king? He calls you to come and to remember his suffering and death. Our Lord Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Are there others who know something? Something of what it's like, and maybe in your in your Heart and mind, you're but that dead dog that Mephibosheth thought himself to be. But do take note of where Mephibosheth was when he said that. He was already in the presence of the king. His feelings did not change his position. And so if you know something of what the Savior has done for one like yourself, he calls you to come. If there are no others, 
we will close this table and not open another. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. This broken bread signifies the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ as he hung, as he gave himself and hung on the cross. This is my body which is broken for you. Certainly, as you see the bread broken, so certain as Jesus had his body broken for ones like us. No, we are not worthy in ourselves to come into his presence, but because he broke his body. This is my body broken for you. Certain as you see this bread being broken and given to you, know as sure that Jesus had his body broken for a sinner like yourself. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take and eat. As Mephibosheth was brought into the presence of the king, everything changed for Mephibosheth. He went from a nobody to someone who had the privilege and the position of being able to sit at the king's table continually. He went from a nobody, an orphan, to being saw as a son of the king, adopted, as it were, into the family of God, from an enemy to a friend. Not only welcome to come, but he did come, and he partook. One wonders what went through the mind of Mephibosheth as he sat at the table, around, around the king's table. As he looked around at others who were present, no doubt he saw followers, those who had been lifelong supporters and followers of, of David, those who had fought with him in battle, those who were giving him counsel, and here he was as a nobody, sitting at the king's table. No doubt as he sat there, he gazed at the king, And he remembered his words, fear not, I will surely show you kindness. You shall eat bread at my table continually. He was there because of the host of the table. And friends, you're here because of the host, the greater David, who gave his, gave his body, had his body broken so that you could come to his table. But not only had his body broken, but had his blood poured out so that you could know the forgiveness of sins. And so we, we, we bring the cup, the cup of blessing which we bless, is the communion of the blood of Christ. 
This is my blood, which is shed for you, for the remission of all your sins. Surely, as you see the the wine poured out and the cup being given, communicated to you, be as assured that Jesus shed his blood for the forgiveness of all your sins. This is my blood, which is shed for you, for the remission of sins. Certainly, as you see the wine poured out and the cup being given, as certain did Jesus shed his blood for one like yourself. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Drink ye all of it. But not only did Mephibosheth probably gaze at the king as he sat around the table, but no doubt the king himself also looked at Mephibosheth, looked at the one that he had called out, that he had shown his love and kindness to. Saying, and he says, even now to his father, Father, this is, these are ones that I have redeemed. These are ones that I have purchased with my own blood. These are ones that I have sent, sent and fetched out of Lodabar. Friends, it's a gaze of compassion and warmth for, for ones like you. comes with his presence and dwells with us. But he not only brings us to the king's table, he actually brings us right into the family, into the family of God, and he makes, he makes enemies sons and daughters of the king. We read in verse 11 that he sat continually he did eat at my table. He shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth went from an orphan to a son. From a nobody to one who had the privilege and the right to come and dwell at the king's table. On account of Christ's covenant loyalty, you two friends have been incorporated into the very family of God. And you sit around his table this morning as children, children of the King. No, you're not here because of any merits in yourself. You're not here as enemies any longer, but you're here as sons and daughters. The previous family ties have been completely broken. You're no longer under your father, the devil. But you have a new father, a father in heaven who you can call upon. You have the freedom to reach out to him as your father. He comes to you with his word of promise that you can plead upon. 
He comes even through those very means to strengthen and, and encourage his weak people, his weak Mephibosheths in their faith. But he comes and he calls you to participate in this supper as his children to remind you that you need to remain completely dependent on him. He wants you to come time and time again and feed at his table. We see this so poignantly pictured in in this passage. Notice how the chapter ends. And Mephibosheth did come. He did come and he did eat continually at the king's table. But he was lame on both of his feet. Mephibosheth was required to remain dependent on the Lord, on the greater David. And so we too are called to remember that, yes, we've been called out, but we are called to be dependent on him. To remember that by nature the sin still cleaves to us, the old man is still present, and we are not going to be able to put that sin to death in our lives on our own. We need his help, his strength. And he calls us to keep close to him and remember him and come regularly and feed at his table, but also to feed in his word, to go home and study it and live in it and let it be a guide and a light unto our path. So friends, as you leave this table, go forth to where the Lord calls you, but be dependent on the one who has given your, his life so that you could become sons and daughters of the King. Let's pray. Faithful Father, we are, such, we are so thankful for the greater David, for our Savior, the one who has not only sought us out, sent for us, fetched us, but has brought us into his very presence, has desired to commune with us, and has called us to sit at his table continually. And Father, we pray that we would, as thy people, as thy children, as sons and daughters of the King, live faithfully and dependently upon thee, moment by moment, day by day. Lord, build up the faith of thy people. May this sacrament have been used as a means to strengthen their faith. And so do go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved in the Lord, since the Lord hath now fed our souls at this table, let us therefore jointly praise his holy name with thanksgiving. And everyone say in his heart thus, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, 
who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is higher, high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. Who hath not spared his own son, but delivered him up for us all, and given us all things with him. Therefore God commends therewith his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified in his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Therefore shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Amen. And let everyone say in his heart, with an attentive heart, O Almighty and merciful God and Father, we render thee most humble and hearty thanks that thou hast of thy infinite mercy given us thine only begotten Son for a mediator and a sacrifice for our sins. To be our meat and drink, to be to be our meat and drink unto life eternal, and that thou givest us lively faith, whereby we are made partakers of such great benefits. Thou hast also been pleased that thy beloved Son Jesus Christ should institute and ordain his holy supper for the confirmation of the same. Grant, we beseech thee, O faithful God and Father, that through the operation of thy Holy Spirit. And the commemoration of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ may tend to the daily increase of our faith and saving fellowship with him through Jesus Christ, thy Son, in whose name we conclude our prayer, saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us into not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.